Yes, I'd like to welcome you to the next installment of the Crosscut Maker podcast. And if you have been listening to the last couple, then you'll know that I'm in a series called Eschatological Estimations. And what I've been doing is um, believing and I'm really strongly believing that nobody knows the day nor the hour, but seeing the stage being set for the tribulation period. I am estimating or trying to uh, flesh out what the tribulation period could possibly look like in regards to actually the current atmosphere if we are as close as I think we are. And we did, in the first one, we did... Uh, the coming coalition of ten, talking about the the beginning of the tribulation period, you're going to have a leadership of ten world rulers. The Antichrist will either be one of them, or he'll be an eleventh that comes along and takes out three of them, and then he ultimately the, the rest of him, the rest of them will give them give him sole power over the world. Now I've been studying this a little bit more since I did that first podcast, and I. I, I, there's two, one of two ways to go on that, and that is, like I said, there's a group of ten, and you can either say, well, he's one of the ten, he takes out three of them, and then the rest of them ultimately give him his power, and I think at that point when he is given, the rest of them just roll over and surrender to him, is when he is supposedly resurrected after being killed. Now, again, we've talked about many times where I don't know if that's a false death and resurrection or whether it's a real death and resurrection that God grants Satan the power to do that. That's when I believe Satan indwells him. And But regardless, people believe it. And they think that he has been killed and raised. And that's why they say, alright, we can't, who is like the beast? We, we're just going to, if you can raise from the dead, you're the guy in charge now. Um, and so up until that point, that's the point when the rest of them give in to him. And so you could have him as one of the ten, takes out three, false death, resurrection, people believe it, give him all the power, or that he's an eleventh, that he well, he isn't one of the ten, and that he he's an eleventh, and he comes along, and he, he takes out three of them, becomes, and the rest of them give in to him, and give him his power, and there's some scriptures that talk about, you know, he's the seventh, and also the eighth, and I think what possibly you're dealing with there is that, is that he's counted twice in the sense where, again, you have this pre- this is where I kind of land on this. I don't know this is not the subject of today, but um, today we're going to talk about the mark of the beast. But uh, my conclusion is, and a speculation, not dogmatic about it at all, is that you'll have a group of ten people, and he will be one of them. He'll take out three of them, and then he'll also be an eighth. He'll be the seventh and an eighth in the sense where he'll be, it's referring to a pre-death and resurrection antichrist, and then... This, you know, it's like a new life, a new two people there, another person who's raised from the dead. Again, I think that's when Lucifer indwells him and people give everything to him, and that's when he takes sole power. Okay, and that was number that was podcast number one on that, and then the second one we did was, um, I believe it was on the rage of the dragon at the beginning of the, yeah, the second one was the Rage of the Dragon, talking about kind of at the midpoint when Satan's thrown out of heaven and dwells in the Antichrist, everything breaks loose. 
in the last week we talked about has the future revived Roman Empire already been revived and that was discussing whether the United States of America is the revived Roman Empire you can check out all of those okay so but today like I mentioned just a minute ago we are going to be doing the mark of the beast and a lot of people are talking about end times now because of COVID-19 and again I'm recording this on May 2nd 2020 so we're things are kind of going a little better but still things are very very strange things are starting to open up a little bit in each state um, and so but it has people talking about a whole lot of things and including end times and people have always wondered about the mark of the beast it's kind of a mysterious scriptural thing that people have been talking about and speculating on what is it what's the number mean and all those things for a long time I mean a long time and now like I said that we're getting close you know I feel like it'd be worth a discussion on um, and just kind of give just a brief opinion on what my view is on that but the scriptures we'll be talking about are primarily in Revelation chapter 13 and what you have here is I'm not going to read the whole chapter but you have the false prophet come to come to rise up and he points to the Antichrist and to the dragon who, who powers the Antichrist and so he and I believe this is at the midpoint of the tribulation period and uh, anyway so that's the context there and then verse 7 it says Revelation chapter 13 verse 7 it was also given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them and authority over every tribe and people and tongue and nation was given to him okay I might have had the wrong yeah I'm at the wrong place here sorry I meant to start okay just scratch that that's talking about the Antichrist obviously but what I want to deal with is Revelation chapter 13 verses 16 and on and he causes all talking about the false prophet here and and you have this image of the beast that is produced at the midpoint and yeah I, we'll talk about that in a minute and he causes all the, the false prophet, the small and the great, the rich and the poor, the free men and the slaves to be given a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. And he provides that no one will be able to buy or sell except the one who has the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. For the number is that of a man, and his number is 666. So that's Revelation chapter 13, verse 16 through 18. And then in Revelation chapter 14, um, talks about, I'll just read this briefly, where it talks about where what happens to you if you take the mark of the beast, which we'll deal with. Um, chapter 14, Revelation 14, verse 9. And then another angel, a third one, followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image, and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand. You see, it's a it's an allegiance to the Antichrist. This mark, taking this mark, is worshiping the beast. That's chapter verse nine. And receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand. He will also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is mixed in full strength in the cup of his anger. And he will be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever. And so, pretty clear there that if you do take the mark, then you will be condemned. There's no salvation for you. Now, I did a whole podcast on this a year ago, a year and a half ago. Because that one of my favorite Bible teachers, John MacArthur, said something incorrect, I believe, on the mark of the beast, that you could actually take it 
and still be saved, and that's a whole other discussion that I'm not going to get into right now. But I did a podcast on that that if you wanted to review probably about a year ago on that particular issue. But I think pretty clearly it says that if you take it, for a couple of things about Revelation chapter 14 there, it talks about if you take it, you will be, there's, it's over for you. You will not be saved. So my first, first thing, if we are close and you do live into that time period where this does occur, the, the one thing, the only thing you wouldn't want to do is take the mark. Okay, but also, you see here in verse 9, that taking the mark is an act of worship to the beast. Okay, and so that sets up kind of basically my main thrust of what I want to talk about here is a lot of people talk about, well, can you take the mark of the beast now? And is this piece of technology coming along, uh, the mark of the beast? Or is this new thing, the ID2020, is that the mark of the beast? Or is this digital tattoo that Bill Gates is talking about, is that the mark of the beast? And the answer to all of those, anything, is no. It's not the mark of the beast. You, and the point I want to drive home is that you cannot take the mark of the beast until the midpoint of the tribulation period. And it will be a very clear act of dedication and worship, as we just said, and allegiance to the Antichrist. There will be no doubt about that. It's not just taking a mark. Whoops, I've got this mark on my hand now. And uh, Does that mean I've taken the mark and I can't be saved? Not, that's not what we're talking about. That's not the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast is clear. And that's why I think you are condemned, for sure, if you do take the mark of the beast. Because you will know exactly what you're doing. And you will be making a willful, conscious decision to worship, not Jesus Christ, but the Antichrist. And it's a, it's a sealing thing that you do in the middle of the tribulation period. So, and I've mentioned many times over the past couple of podcasts and even before this is that you know people ask are we in the tribulation period no we're not in the tribulation period because that begins with a seven-year peace deal it is a worldwide peace deal and israel is the primary factor and so we don't have a seven-year peace deal and we've got donald trump's deal of the century formatted there and that's going to be adjusted this summer and, and that could be a foundation for it i believe it probably will be that's my opinion on that. Again, I'm assuming and believing that we're very close. Um, so we're not in the tribulation period because that, that is a very visible sign. Now, if you see us, if you're here, I do believe in the, the final podcast we're going to do next week or sometime is the rapture of the church, a biblical case for the rapture of the church. That is what, and that is the, the glorification and removal of Christ's true church. And that's what we'll deal with on our, on our last podcast, on, the, on this series. And so that will be not only, that, that will precede the tribulation period in my opinion. I'm not 100% sure on that. I'm not 100% dogmatic on the timing of the rapture. But I'm like 99% sure on that. And I do believe it not only precedes it, but it triggers it. It's a, it's a cataclysmic and catalytic, catalytic, Think of the word I was trying to think of. It's a, it's the accelerant that creates the environment for that peace agreement, in my opinion. But so so that I believe will precede. But then, like I said, even if it didn't, for if I'm that one percent that I think we maybe the Christians have to wait until the midpoint, which I don't think is the case. But if per se, you still would know the tribulation period begins at the at the seven year peace agreement. 
And again, I think that there, that coalition of ten, or he might even already might already be down to just the Antichrist. You'll you'll know what's going on, at least physically. Again, if you're not a believer at that time, and you you would still explain away. You know, somebody could walk up to you, and you're an unbeliever, and you don't believe in, in Christ, and you're lost. Somebody could say, hey, what happened on the news today was a seven-year peace agreement with Israel. That is the beginning of the tribulation period. And unless God moves, opens your heart to believe in Christ, you'll find a way to explain it away. And that's sadly what's going to happen to a lot of people in the tribulation period. There will be a vast amount of light given to people. Not only will we have the worldwide gospel proclamated, proclaimed everywhere by 144,000 Jewish witnesses, other people will be there, and we'll be able to They'll be able to demonstrate exactly what's going on. But it still takes a new heart to open a person's mind to the truth of the gospel. But my idea with these podcasts I'm doing is to plant seeds that God would use to open a heart. And you'd say, okay, I heard somewhere that if I see a seven-year peace agreement made with Israel. And I ought to pay real close attention to that. That's in the Bible. And that was written a long time ago in the Bible. And so that hopefully would be something that God would use to open your heart to believe and get, get be saved. So we're not in the tribulation period. That will begin with a seven-year visible peace agreement that everybody can see. You don't need to be spiritually alive to see that there's a seven-year peace agreement. You'll be able to see that. Um, but also when it comes to the mark of the beast anything before the tribulation it's impossible to take the mark of the beast until you at least have that seven year peace agreement and then beyond that too because it happens at the midpoint it happens at the midpoint and again I think it's associated with his death and resurrection the antichrist false or true um, and, and Lucifer dwells him and then and it, it's just you have to worship him or you die that's the deal and, you, and when you take this mark, now again, everybody speculates about what this mark will be. You know, a couple decades ago, it was the barcode, and, and you know, every technology comes along, and you think, oh, well, here's this is going to be what the mark of the beast is. And like I just said, you can't take the mark of the beast until the midpoint of the tribulation period. But I do believe the technology today, and in in even with Bill Gates talking about this digital tattoos, that could be the infrastructure that is used when you are required to take the mark of the beast. I do believe the technology here is setting the stage and it will be adjusted to where you will have to take this mark. And a digital tattoo seems pretty, pretty, a pretty good uh, candidate for this because it would be something that you could put on your, your head or your hand and it would be something that you'd have to take that allegiance and that would mean you have taken the allegiance to the Antichrist and if you don't have that mark if you don't have that digital tattoo, then you cannot buy or sell anything. And that means you'll die, and you'll probably, you would die anyway if you'd refuse to take the mark. Because I think that's when the slaughter of, of Christians begins. And I typically think that most people have believed for a while that there will be massive, massive, genuine evangelism in the first half of the tribulation period. Primarily by those 144,000 Jewish witnesses. But I also believe there will be other people, and the people getting saved will evangelize. There will be, I believe you'll be able to do it in the first half of the tribulation period. But when this midpoint happens and you have to swear allegiance to Antichrist or you die, then you're no longer allowed to, to publicly evangelize. And public evangelism will be a thing of the past, except for 
a few people who appear to preach during the second half of the tribulation period. Um, and I'm referring to the two witnesses in Revelation chapter 11. And that appears the only people left who will be proclaiming the gospel at that point, and they will be uh, not accepted well. So I think massive uh, evangelism, first half of the tribulation period, massive salvation, first half of the tribulation period, and the only ones who would not take the mark would be those who have already been converted. Because you would know, you would believe what the Bible says. And you would, and if you belong to Christ, you'd rather die than, than, a, than swear worship to his worst enemy, the Antichrist. And so I think if you're not converted by that point, then you'll take the mark to survive. And then you'll end up being condemned. Um, but you'll, it'll be some kind of mark on your hand or your head, and it will pro it'll be something you probably can digitally read. And it does mean it means that you cannot buy or sell. Now, a lot of people talk about that's you know they, they and I do think this is appropriate to assume that cash will no longer every time something comes along like this COVID nineteen, one of the responses has been to find a worldwide digital currency so you wouldn't have the the handling of money because of the. the ability to spread the virus through money you know people have long said that some of the, the most dirty the dirtiest stuff is cash and it just obviously exchanged all over the place and so whenever people start talking about a digital currency no cash it'd be it's another kind of a indicator like okay we could be getting close because it seems like that would be necessary in the tribulation period when it, when it comes to the mark of the beast and i would agree with that because if you had a cash doesn't say that it necessarily would have to be this way, but if you just think it through that if you still have the exchange of cash going on, you could do that off the record, and that way you can get around not taking the mark of the beast and still being able to buy and sell. And it seems pretty clear that this is this is the only option. You either you either take the mark or you won't be able to buy and sell. So in general at least, in a broad sense, it will be probably cashless exchange of, of money at that time and uh, again you see the stage being set on that I mean just just think about how I mean I myself rarely use cash I got a de I got debit cards but even those are becoming you know more you're doing more the, the Apple pay and the Google pay and the online and the and so it's all it's all pretty much a lot of most of it's cashless anyway even I write a couple checks in now and then and even those seem antiquated so we're definitely heading in that direction when it comes to uh, the, the technology and the digital access to money digital exchange of money but like I said I think it is it is uh, probably an indicator or a necessity because then that way you either you have to take the mark or you do not have the opportunity to buy and so I don't think you'd be able to have cash exchanges so it's very likely something and again I, I don't know this to be what it will be but it just seemed like a little small digital tattoo would be something that would be pretty easy to put on and it would show you and it would be impossible and I think you put it on your head and your hand so it's visible you just show it to somebody you couldn't hide it and, and you know whether you been identified with the Antichrist or not. So again, um, and I as to the six six six, everybody. I mean, I've, I've played this game, and it's, you just want to know 
what does that mean? Now, first off, I've heard that the original, the earlier manuscripts, I don't know if it's true or not, um, the earlier manuscripts had 616. So, it, and, and, but I don't know. I tend to think that the 666 is what is the proper re- recording here, assuming it is. It's, it's definitely, I've asked the Lord for wisdom, I don't have a clue, or I'd give it to you. Uh, what that means. I mean, the best, probably the, be, the most broad explanation is that it's the number of a man in the sense of seven is completion, kind of like the number for God, perfect, complete, and man is short, fallen short, or sinful. And then you have three of them that possibly you have this unholy trinity of, of Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. And it's kind of like there's your fallen short, fallen short, fallen short. Simple, 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 666. And that's probably the best explanation I would have. But it does seem to identify with the beast, with this particular guy. And that's why everybody does all the numbers and the, the, uh, the numeric math and all that to try and figure out if, they can, if this person's name matches up or if that person's name matches up. And I don't think it's wise, probably. But it may end up being what it is. But... Um, when it says, uh, verse 13, Revelation chapter 13, verse 17, and he provides that no one will be able to buy or sell except the one who has the mark, either the name of the beast, name of this guy, or the number of his name. So it does seem to be identified with this particular guy's name. And it says here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for the number is that of a man. Is that talking about a man in general? Like I said, we just said fallenness of man. Or is that of this particular guy? And I have no idea. I stick by probably the best is that you identified as, as fallen short of God three times because you have this unholy trinity that is ruling the earth. And the false prophet causes, and you see here where it says, all right, we didn't read that, but... Um, Um, talking about the false prophet or a little bit earlier in Revelation chapter 13 he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence in verse 12 and he makes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast so this false prophet is pointing to the antichrist whose fatal wound was healed there you go I think you see why people think he should be worshipped because they believe he was killed and resurrected Um, oh well it says maybe and it does talk about how somewhere else. I thought that was it, but it wasn't. Where it talks about you, they worship the dragon who gave the power to the beast. And so you have this unholy trinity. Satan, again, I think what turns this guy into this godlike figure, and again, we just talks about what we just mentioned there about death and resurrection, whether it's legitimate or if it's just a massive deception. People believe it. And I believe that at the midpoint, this is when Lucifer, the most powerful creature ever made, angelic or otherwise, Michael didn't even want to rebuke him. Michael's pretty powerful, probably the second most powerful. He didn't want to mess with Satan. And so we're talking about the most powerful creature ever made, personally indwelling a man. And this is what makes this man powerful. And, uh, and I think whether that is the point in which he actually is resurrected and God grants that, or if it's just a deception... Either way, the dragon is the one who powers the Antichrist. So there you have your you have your false God the Father, the dragon. You have your false Jesus Christ, the Antichrist. 
Then you have the false Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's job is to point to Jesus Christ. The false prophet will point to the Antichrist and to the dragon. So you see how this is just a real... And the death and resurrection, obviously, is a, is a mockery of the true death and resurrection of the God-man. That's why I kind of lean towards it's a deception. Because I just... It seems like that's how they that's how Satan works is deception. Um, but I have ruled it out that it actually is is a is a God granted resurrection. And so that's at the point of the midpoint of the tribulation period where he sits in the temple, the temple built. That's another indicator that during the tribulation period, if there's a, if there are animal sacrifices, if there's a temple in, in Jerusalem built and the Jews begin sacrificing their animals again, you're in the tribulation period. I mean, that's, I think it's going to be part of the seven-year peace agreement. That the temple's part of it. There's another very visible indicator of the end times. Is, a, is There has to be a third temple built. Because that's what the Antichrist... He stops the animal sacrifices that he's allowed up to that point, And he sits in the temple. The, the uh, Jews' temple. And he proclaims himself to be God. It's called the Abomination of Desolation. So that's about what I have for today. Like I said, the next time we'll do one more final one here, and that'll be on the rapture, and then I don't know if I'll do any more podcasts after that or what will be the subject. But I just, like I said, I'm kind of fleshing this out and, you know, just watching the news, especially in reaction to the COVID-19. You're seeing a whole lot of calls for global, global governance to deal with this virus. And you're talking about now tracing and tracking and, and surveillance on a level that I never dreamed would pe- people would even think about accepting in the, in the United States. And people are rolling over for anything just for this virus. And uh, I'm not going to talk about you know what I think about the whole particular response, but because it's irrelevant to what I'm talking about. But it definitely is setting the stage, and part of that is the. Bill Gates, and he's gotten involved, and he's 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 tied up with the United Nations, and, and Pope Francis is getting involved, and you got Emmanuel Macron getting involved, and you got all these people getting involved, and in response to this, and, and the, again the technology that is being that is created already been created and is being talked about being utilized here to handle COVID nineteen. It's not the mark of the beast, but it definitely could be what is used. We could have that in place, and then that is immediately used to to uh, turn into the mark of the beast at the midpoint of the tribulation period. So, time will tell. And again, if you're a, if you're a Christian, then I believe you'll be raptured out before the tribulation period. And if you're not a Christian, then I always. Uh, present the gospel at the end of one of these podcasts so that you'll know how to be saved and that is that the true biblical gospel in 30 seconds is one day you will, we will all face the one true and living holy God you need to have your sins forgiven and be reconciled to him before that occurs that only happens biblically through one confessing your sinfulness from your heart to God repentance and two believing who Jesus Christ is and trusting only in his redemptive work perfect life which is his perfect life death on a cross for the sins of sinners and resurrection for your salvation if you genuinely do this you will be covered by the righteousness of Christ and he will have been treated as if he committed all of your past present 
and future sins. If you refuse the offer of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you will be judged according to your works, and unless you have lived without even one sin like Christ, will end in eternal conscious condemnation. So the best, obviously, nobody knows if if the rapture is as close as I think it is. Nobody's guaranteed tomorrow. I mean, that's one thing this the COVID-19 has brought to the forefront is mortality, and, and I think a lot. Of, that's why I do believe God's saving a lot of people in this time period because it has brought a lot of people to recognize. First off, all the idols of the world have been knocked down. All the entertainment, sports, all those things are, are, are at least paused. And, uh, and and everything, a lot of things have been taken away from each, each person. And so hopefully that's pointing people to the futility of relying upon the world and yourself and your money or anything else. You turn to the one true and living holy God. And uh, so that would be my prayer is that a lot of people would be saved because we don't know if we'll make it to tomorrow. So whether the rapture's soon or not, we all have a, no guarantees of the next day. So today would be the day to believe and be saved. And then, like I said, next time we will talk about the rapture of the church, which will be the final of this series. And like I said, if you haven't checked out the first three, you can go back and check those out. And uh, just talking in general, broadly, about how if the world is set up right now, how the tribulation period will work itself out in events. And I hope this has been helpful. And until next time, God bless.